This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in Utopia Football Podcast. Great to be with you. It's the mailbag episode that we do each and every week. And we appreciate you downloading, tuning in, and listening to this podcast. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast of Sports Radio 610. I am live in West Palm Beach, Florida at Astro Spring Training. We got feet on the ground up in Indy at the Combine as well. And that, of course, is the Hall of Famer, my good friend, and our senior Texans columnist of SportsRadio610.com and GallerySports.com, John McClain. And, John, uh, today up in Indy, you were there for, I would say, one of the bigger combine bombshells that we've seen in quite some time. Maybe the number one player in this draft, Jalen Carter, just moments before he's supposed to meet with the media, it's announced that warrants for his arrest have been issued in Georgia for his role in the drag racing incident that led to the death of one of his teammates and a staffer at Georgia misdemeanor arrest warrants but still a lot of questions unanswered what was that like being in indy with all that going down first of all everybody he was scheduled to talk will anderson the other top player carter and anderson are the two top players just a matter whether you want a tackle or an edge rusher and anderson was much more productive his last two years at alabama than carter was but carter's one of those guys like Trayvon Walker last year because he's blessed with a lot of ability and a lot of potential. He has a chance to go number one to the Bears. And it's very interesting because of what's happened. If it hurts his draft stock, then it seems to me the Colts and the Bears can't trade with the Colts because if the Bears take Carter off their board, they're not going to get Will Anderson. He's going to Arizona at three, so they better stay where they are number one. And uh, so everybody's waiting around for Carter. It's a huge crowd. And then you hear this, this, this kind of this buzz created as people start to look at their phone. And I went over to Christian Lewis from uh, Gallery Sports, my videographer. He was right in front of where Carter's podium would be. And I said, uh, you're wasting your time there. He said, what do you mean? I said, have you not heard about this story? And turned out none of them had. And I started telling them. I said, there's no way he's coming out here. Drew Rosenhaus, his agent's not even commenting because the Atlanta Journal-Constitution dropped that bombshell. And what the police say 
is, you know, his teammate was killed. He was in, in, in a member of the staff, a woman. Two others in the back seat were severely injured. And Carter said he was a mile away. And then he said, he gave, gave conflicting reports. He was behind them and saw their taillights. So the police have constructed through the use of video cameras. This was after their national championship celebration through the use of video cameras from houses and businesses that shows that Carter was right next to him. Hmm. And so now people are contending they were drag racing and could he have contributed to the, uh, to the wreck that killed two people. Now, of course, he, he's, he's going to have the best attorney you can get. He's got Drew Rosenhaus's agent. He'll have a crisis PR person. They already put out a release with his quote. Obviously, it wasn't him that said it because it was written too well. And you could tell it had enough legalese in there to tell it was written by an attorney that he will be cleared of all of everything. He'll get this cleared up. But the fact is, he lied to the police on multiple occasions. And and then the fact that they could show through those cameras that his car was right next to theirs when they lost control. And I can't remember if they hit a tree or a light bulb. And so would the Bears take him off their board? And I truthfully, Sean, I'm guessing I, there have been guys drafted who has, have beat up women, who which to me is the worst that you can do. Frank Clark, a great example. He was going to go in the first round, kicked out of Michigan State, drafted in the second round by Seattle, traded to Kansas City. He hadn't had any more incidents, and he's won a Super Bowl. But some some guys that have issues, it will hurt their draft stock. And if Laramie Tunsil got hurt just for smoking a bong and a gas mask, which cost him a lot of money when he came out, something like this talks about character. They talked about Carter had some character issues. Anyway, Todd McShay has written about it and talked about it, so it's not going to help him. But if his stock drops, we were talking today, could he be there at number 12 when the Texans pick? And so we we have so much more to find out about this. But as you can imagine, it created a buzz at a time when players were being interviewed for the first day. And another Georgia player, um, defensive end he started tearing up nolan's nolan smith yeah and and he started tearing up and started talking about his teammate who was killed and all that so it was just strange one georgia defensive lineman's tearing up talking about the guy that was killed and then jalen carter's nowhere to be seen i was told by an nfl person that that carter wouldn't have been there anyway because he's getting an mri sometimes that happens you have an interview scheduled and you're not there because you're at the doctor they've detected something in the examination where they think and this is interesting because this will come out too why did he need an mri so he had to get an mri to, to check out something so it's an ongoing story we'll find out we hope more about it on Thursday, and but I doubt seriously we're going to be hearing from Jalen Carter anytime soon. Yeah, I guess my concern, John, if I were a team, would be – I mean, obviously the outcome of the accident is horrible. Um, to me, it's a question of stupidity, quite honestly. Like, what are you Absolutely. doing? What are you doing? It's a month Terrible before your judgment. most important job interview, and 
and this is the judgment. And I know people are going to say he's 21 years old and, you know, guys make mistakes and this and that. Yeah, that's fine. Nobody's saying he can't go get a job in an office somewhere. No one's saying he can't be a seventh round pick or a third round pick or even a second round pick. Or John, as you allude to, hey, maybe the maybe the tax you pay if you're Jalen Carter is you don't get picked first or second, but you get picked 12th. That was the tax for Laramie Tunsil for smoking weed. Um, I just if if it were right now, if the draft were tomorrow, I wouldn't have him on my board. That you know, maybe we, we learn more and, and we and we will learn more, obviously, over the course of time. What I would point out, John, it was interesting that you're talking about some teams. You know, teams looking at different incidents involving guys and violence against women and so forth. I, I thought you were going to add Tyreek Hill into that as well, who was drafted by the Chiefs. Frank Clark, who was traded for by the Chiefs. Ryan Poles is the general manager in Chicago. He was with the Chiefs. So I, I get it. Like culture is something that's probably more driven from an ownership level than it is a general manager level. But it's worth pointing out that Ryan Poles does come from an organization that had plenty of latitude when it came to drafting or trading for uh, character flaw guys. That is a great point. I hadn't thought about it. You know, Andy Reid will take anybody, and the fact that he's Andy Reid and Tyreek Hill who kicked hit hit his pregnant girlfriend, uh, uh, Kareem Hunt kicked a woman when she's on the ground on camera, and yet these guys still play, and they play in the NFL, and Carter's going to play. The thing that's interesting, the, the wheels of justice turn very slowly. So April 27th is when Jalen Carter would be drafted. And so I'm guessing things aren't going to be settled by then. So if you draft him, then you got to wonder, okay, what's going to happen to him? You know, 100%. Are we going to have him? And so yep. that you can't afford to take a guy high in the first round not knowing if he's number one, if he's what, how's it going to turn out? Are they going to decide he contributed to that by drag racing? So yeah. the good thing is the for him, he's going to have plenty of money for the best possible attorneys. And maybe there'll be a Georgia law like the Alabama law. You know, if you give somebody a gun and you don't know they're going to kill somebody, there's nothing they can charge you with. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Maybe they'll have a Georgia law like that, but man, <laughs> it, uh, you feel terrible for the families. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to see what the two in the back seat who were friends of theirs. Yeah. I, I can't remember if one was another player or not. I think it was a guy and a woman. What they say when they're uh, interviewed, maybe they already talked about it, but they'll know exactly what was going on and they'll know who was in the car next to them racing. Yep. Yeah. It's uh it's going to be really interesting. You know, what was already an interesting draft gets a soap opera wrinkle added into it with this Jalen Carter stuff. So John McClain is in Indianapolis at the Combine. Uh, John, I guess before we get into our mailbag questions, um, what uh, what did you think you were you were at? You had the first question at both the Nick Casario and the D'Amico Ryan's press conferences. Let's start with Nick. I'll give you my big takeaway from Nick Casario's press conference, and it has nothing to do with any of the, any of the uh, content of his answers. He seems much more at ease right now. He seems more, I don't want to say energetic is the right word. I don't think energy has ever been an issue with Nick. Um, but he seems like, he, I don't know, I'll just put it point blank. He seems like he's in a much better mood these days, working with D'Amico Ryans and with the team on the uptick with all this draft capital than maybe over the last couple of years. And I think he gives a little bit better answers. <laughs> than on, uh, he gave better answers on Tuesday than he normally gives in a press conference setting. Um if you think about it, when he got here, Sean Watson just said he wanted to be traded. 
then boom, all the Watson lawsuits pile up. Then they've got David Culley, and they win four games. Then they go to to Lovey, and they win three, and and everything is negative. All the negativity around Jack Easterby, Josh McCown, they were a laughing stock across the league. They've been criticized for being racist, for being in, in incompetent, that they keep changing coaches. In fact, D'Amico was asked today about the Texans' reputation, and I wanted to turn to this guy and I say, how many games did you watch them play? I'm guessing zero, because if you'd watched them, you'd know why Lovey Smith was got fired. Had nothing to do with the defense. It was all about the offense and Pep Hamilton. And so uh, the fact that he got a really popular coach, the McNair family's happy, He's happy. Everybody's happy. He's got the second and the 12th pick. And so I would imagine he's feeling better right now than any time when he got here because they're, they seem to be in good shape. And, Nick, you know, it's interesting. People actually believe they learned something in a time like this. Like, oh, I think he may – with the Bears, oh, I think he may take a defensive lineman. Give me a break. They don't know who they're going to take right now. They don't know if they're going to trade up, down, or stand pat. Anybody that tries to read anything into it doesn't know much about the NFL and the draft because right, I listen to everything he said and D'Amico, and it's obviously they they talked, they were on the same page about. Uh, what to say and what not to say about team building and not emphasize a quarterback too much. And uh, But you're right about the personnel personality part. The, the best thing I've seen was when uh, we interviewed Damian Pierce, and Damian Pierce said after D'Amico's news conference, that Nick was showing, what did he say? Showing a full 32. Showing all 32. Teeth. He was showing all 32, his teeth. And you know, if he's doing that, things are great. And that's yeah. the best quote I've seen about Nick Casario since I heard his name for the first time in 2000. Yep. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was Damian Pierce saying he said, if, if, if Mr. Nick is happy and he's showing all 32, I'm happy. Um, so <laughs> that's good stuff. Maybe he's going to be a dentist. Because I got to admit, if you'd ask me how many teeth there are, I guess somebody told me in high school in a class, but I didn't know. You didn't know there's a, 32 teeth in no, the human skull? There's, nope. I didn't, I never thought about it until David Pierce said that. That's thought, funny. Well, he maybe he wants to be a dentist. That'd be awesome. Dude, I would go to Damien. Damien Pierce could even be a crappy dentist, and I would still go to him to get my teeth done just to talk to him. He would be fun. Um, so, uh, John, before we get into some of these mailbag questions, what are you most looking forward to over the, the workouts all start tomorrow, right? In Indy. Yeah. Yeah. So what, okay. So, so power rank them here. Give me your, give me your five workouts, your, your five items that you're most looking forward to at the, it can be Bryce Young's weigh-in, it can be so-and-so shuttle run, it can be this guy throwing the football. What what are like four or five that you're most looking forward to? Well, hang on. Let me go back for something about D'Amico and his news conference okay. today. Then we had him off to the side for 12 minutes. And first question I asked him, are you going to call the defense? And he said yep. he hadn't decided. And I'll guarantee you he's calling the defense. If you've got a guy who's called defenses as well as he has for two years, why would you take less? And I know it has a lot to do with talent, but Matt Burke, who's the 
defensive coordinator who was hired defensive line coach with Arizona. I'd be shocked if D'Amico has him calling the defense in the first year because he's not as good as D'Amico. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that uh, I thought was interesting, this was in the scrum afterwards. I said, have you, had you thought about hiring a former head coach? You know, you and I have talked about that and he sounded like he's still going to do it. And uh, of course he didn't say who, but he talked about Bobby Slowick could use that. He could use that. So I don't think that coaching staff is complete. Okay. I think he's going to get somebody. Don't know who it is. I know who I'd like. I've been talking about for a month. I know you'd like him. I'd love to see it be Gary Kubiak. Don't yeah. know if Gary is interested or not. As I was leaving the media area, I see Kevin Stavansky talking to somebody, and I remember his last year at Minnesota, Mike mm -hmm. Zimmer had brought in Gary to oversee the offense, work with him on game plans, and on game day be up in the booth, and that helped him become a head coach of the Browns. And I think he'd be a great addition. Don't know if Gary wants to do it, but I, I feel, I believe that his staff is not complete and he's going to bring somebody in. So those two things were what I got out of it. Uh, but it's what you're talking about, Bryce Young's size yeah. is by far the biggest news. All anybody talk, well, everybody talks about Bryce Young's size and the anticipation of seeing not so much his weight other than to be 200 because a quarterback had been drafted in the first round under 200, but his height. And, you know, they take those pictures of him in short. Remember Tom Brady's no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so we're interested to see him. They put a picture out of B. John Robinson. Oh my goodness. He looked great. I'm doing yeah. short for Saturday, but, and the other one now, of course, Carter, but the workouts go, I'm interested in guys who the Texan or positions they might be interested in wide receiver. You know, what do they want? Jordan Addison now shooting up the charts as the number one receiver, even though he had done squat since the season ended. And how all the tight ends work out because there's so many good ones. And a lot of people think your guy, Michael Mayer, is not going to be the number one. It's going to be Dalton Kincaid. Well, that's ridiculous, John. Yeah. Mayer was the number one tight end. What's he done since Notre Dame's last game? And what's Kincaid done? It's amazing, these draft people. Hello, up and down in shorts. And uh, the other one is uh, all the defensive linemen. Uh, Texas Tech, I forgot his name, Tyrese Wilson. Ty Tyree Wilson, yeah. Tyree Wilson, he's coming off an injury, so he can't work out, although he says he wants to bench press. Anytime you do something um, and you're injured and you try to do something, that impresses the heck out of everybody. I can't remember who it is. It's it's one of the big draft media guys has him rated ahead of Will Anderson Jr. I th I think it's right I think it's Daniel Jeremiah. They had he had yeah I think it's Daniel Jeremiah had had Tyree Wilson because I remember seeing it in in my brain it's an NFL.com font you know what I mean and I think it was Daniel Jeremiah had had uh, Tyree Wilson going to the Cardinals at three uh, ahead and of Will coming Anderson coming off an injury. Yeah, and I respect. He's a beast, Anderson. though, John. He Wilson is a monster when he's healthy. And but I don't did did he dominate like that 
uh, to where he should be three, or is it another one they look at is that all the natural ability? And no, he was really, really good. Yeah, he was. I mean, I, Will Anderson's obviously been the chosen one since he set foot on campus in Tuscaloosa, so it's hard to say he's more dominant than him. But he's well, really, res- really good. I respect Daniel Jeremiah more than any of the guys that I respect who are who are the draft gurus. And but I I can't imagine that Arizona would take him over Will Anderson Jr. and uh, in all the quarterbacks because the Texans want him. Yeah. Anthony Richardson, they're making him sound like he's Superman. And so yeah. I can't wait to see his throw a hundred yard pass and leap tall buildings in a single bound and everything they show of him, he's running. I'm thinking he's not a running back. He's not a wide receiver. You know, he is a quarterback and yes, he's got all this built ability and the highest ceiling. So I can't wait to see him. C.J. Stroud and Will Levis, all of them throw the ball. And a guy that I can't wait to see what he says in the interview, Stetson Bennett, why did you turn down the senior ball? And then you get busted in Dallas. What's yeah. That? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's he's a day three pick anyways. Uh, but I'll, I, I'm actually I know, saying- but what, shouldn't he go to the senior ball if he wants to play? Yeah, no, I mean, no, John, I can't wait to hear the answers to those questions. But, yeah, like, I, but he's – yeah, Stetson Bennett. Um, so uh, so let's get to some of these mailbag questions, John. We've got a, a bunch of them here, some about the combine, some about just things going on around the NFL, a few Texan questions in here. We'll get to as many as we can because, uh, uh, John, were you hitting uh, St. Elmo's at any point, John? Do you hit that steakhouse scene so you can see all the people there at uh, in Indianapolis? Let me give you a little tip. Yeah. All these idiots go to St. Elmo's. It's packed. All the tables are close together. States are overrated. Right down the street, same yeah. ownership, same menu, same food as Harry and Izzy's. Tables are spread out. Yeah. You're not smothered. Yeah. That's where we're going. A bunch of four, four of us going tomorrow night. And yeah, we'll walk by St. Elmo's and look in. Everybody will be bunched up together eating steaks that are overrated. I love their, their roast beef sandwiches and, of course, their shrimp. Mm-hmm. The reason it's so famous, it has so much horseradish in it. It makes your eyes water. And Christian Lewis from uh, Gallery Sports, videographer, I asked Christian, I said, Christian, you like boiled shrimp? Oh, man, I love boiled shrimp. I said, well, I'm get you a shrimp cocktail uh, when we get to our restaurant tomorrow night. And I told Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk at NBC and another woman going from the Detroit News, do not say a word about how spicy the full shrimp the shrimp cocktail is because I want to see him when he bites into it. <laughs> we did this with the late owner's general manager, Floyd Reese. And I can't believe Floyd didn't know this. Uh, Dave Pearson, who's a Seahawks executive, took the Houston media and Floyd to dinner St. Elmo's. You know, that's 25 years ago. And Floyd didn't know about it. And we're watching and Floyd's talking. He's laughing. He gets the shrimp. He bites into it. He got mad. He got mad. At it was so here. spicy. Oh, yeah. He yeah. got mad at it. We're <laughs> like, Floyd, settle down. It's a rite of passage here. You're no longer a virgin. <laughs> and it was so spicy. Brad Coomer, the Chronicles photographer, he can eat two dozen. And then he oh. buys the sauce at the store. To bring home. And takes it back to you. That's crazy. Yes. 
That's crazy. Well, that uh, you may have just answered this question. The first one, John, Larry in Deer Park. John, can you set the scene in Indy at the Combine? We see the workouts on TV, but what do the hotel lobbies and restaurants look like with all the football people in town? You just laid out the restaurant part of it, John. But what are the, the hotel lobbies and the Combine itself? It feels more like a big swap meet sometimes than it does an actual workout and job interview for guys. And I know it's changed a lot since you went to the to the the, the first iteration of the Combine way, way back in the day. First one was 1987. There was seven media people in the lobby of the Crown Plaza trying to grab players. We didn't even write daily stuff. We were interviewing them for our draft series. And uh, the Crown Plaza is still there. It's a dump, but it's so close to the stadium for the players that go over there and the meetings and all that. And it's very convenient. Nobody in the NFL wants to leave Indianapolis. But the owners, I'll guarantee you're going to take it to L.A., And then Jerry Jones is trying to get it for Frisco. And the only people that want to do it would be the owners because they milk another couple of million dollars out of those cities because everybody likes it here because you can walk everywhere. If it's cold and it's 70 degrees right now, you never walk outside. All the buildings are connected with walkways and uh, um, and people love it. And there's restaurants everywhere. I got right around the corner. I got a Chipotle. At Chick Chick Fil A and a Five Guys, and down other streets, there's beer places, breweries, and then there's big restaurants. All the chains are around here, and uh, I'm going on Friday. There's an annual tradition with Mike Senora, the head of communications for the NFL, take Shereen Williams and I to Ocean Air, and just the three of us. We have an annual dinner, and uh, I always told people if during the combine a bomb went off. At uh, St. Elmo's, they have to cancel the NFL season because of all the coaches. And <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> and the Conrad Hotel, which is a local, it is where they all go. Agents meet the negotiators, and they think it's clandestine because they they have all these little nooks and crannies and booths, and they're all breaking the rules, of course, but you mm-hmm. can't prove it. And uh, then there's a place called uh, Steak uh, uh it's got number 54 and it's really expensive. And at night, that's where you'll see a lot of media people and a lot of uh, agents hanging out and, and, and spreading bad information. <laughs> I used to go from hotel bar to hotel bar, the Marriott, the, the Conrad, the uh, uh, Weston, and uh, one more, oh, the Omni. And all of them had bars. You could go to each one and run into a lot of agents and NFL people, have a couple of drinks. Good thing you didn't drive. But I got too old for that. And I, dinner, I come back to my room and fall asleep. That sounds like a time, John. It sounds like a time. Uh, all right, let's the get to The most fun, Sean, excuse yeah. me, for anybody. And anybody can come here. Yeah. You know, fans can come here and stay in these hotels and hang out and see all these NFL people walking up. And Do you recommend that? Uh, yeah, I would if you're a serious NFL fan. Yeah, A bunch of them will go down to the convention center and stand behind barriers hoping to see somebody that will sign their autograph or take a picture with them. Wow, there you, you go. Need to, you need to roam the streets at night where you bump into lots of people. And the fact it's not cold, they're not all covered with things over their head. And you see them and you go, wow, there's Coach so-and-so. There's so-and-so general manager. 
Let's go. Let's uh, keep get, get a few more questions in here in this uh, mailbag. By the way, if you want to send questions in, mailbag at gmail.com. That's where you can send questions in. We're getting some good questions lately. This is uh, Dave Howard sends this one in. When I think of Alabama quarterbacks, I think fool's gold. I remember A.J. McCarron won back-to-back national championship with, championships with the Tide, the exception of the spectacular kick six loss against Auburn. He bounced around the NFL, including the Texans. He's in the XFL. Then there's Greg McElroy, Blake Sims, Tua, Mac Jones, and Jalen Hurts, the only one, the only recent one with demonstrable success in the NFL. That and size give me pause about Bryce Young. If the Texans take a QB later, like Hendon Hooker or Anthony Richardson, I'm cool with that. I read that one, John, because I'm curious where you stand on the whole quarterbacks from XYZ school. I don't want them. They're from Ohio State or they're from Alabama or they're from wherever. Do you buy into that line of thinking? Dave and Austin, who I know, Dave, with all due respect, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. There you go. Take that, Dave. Who talking about Loa last year before his concussions? He was great. Mm-hmm. Their passing game downfield was fantastic. His problem was he got concussions. Now he's taking judo, I think. To he is. Learning how to keep from hitting his head. Learn how to fall. McCarron, McCarron was never highly rated. Bryce Young, if he were three inches taller, was he the 11, 6, 3, No, if he's five inches taller, he'd be a generational talent like Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck. There's nothing he can't do on the field. And he's smart, great decisions, pocket awareness, great leader, charismatic. And his only problem is he's small. And I think people are going to, when they meet him and see how small he is, I think there's a lot of people going to have a problem with that. Don't know if D'Amico Ryan's and Nick Casario will, but if they do, then they'll have to draft one of those others or take like, you know, right now, if the Bears took Will Anderson, number one, they're not going to take Jalen Carter, number two. And if they didn't like one of those other quarterbacks, they try to trade back to somebody who did, but no, Bryce Young, uh, I wouldn't have a problem with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Will Levis, I just can't get worked up about him. Anthony Richardson is a boomer bust, and when you've been as pathetic as the Texans for the last three years, you can't run the risk of a boomer bust guy who completed 53% of his passes in one season as a starter. John, you got to pick one or the other coming out of this weekend. We come out of this weekend with people out on Anthony Richardson or way in on Anthony Richardson. Oh, I think people are going to be in because that's what this is for, to look good in your underwear. Yeah. And he's got great size and he can run. He's got charisma. People love talking to him and he can throw it and they're going to all fall in love. You watch all these people that are supposed to be watching tape and they're going to forget about the tape and fall in love with him. And uh, I can't wait to see. He goes from not being a first round pick to all of a sudden he had done squat and now he's shooting up the charts. All right, a couple more. Let's get these in, John. Mailbag. Again, if you want to send a question in, mailbag at gmail.com. J.R. Cortez says, hey, guys, love the podcast. Any chance of taking a QB with the second pick and B. John Robinson with number 12? He's got got a follow-up question, but, John, what are your thoughts? I don't think they're taking a running back, even if it is B. John Robinson, who I think can be special at number 12. What do you think of that, and what do you think – how do you think the Texans approach running back in this draft? If they don't get a veteran backup who can share a lot of the carries in free agency, and there's a lot of backs that people don't want to pay, then I could see drafting one in the fourth round like Damian Pierce. I would love to have 
to have Bijan Robinson because he can run, he can catch, he can block, he's fast, he breaks tackles. It's they say he is he's a top five prospect, but people say he could drop to 20, which is stupid. And somebody is going to get him and get a hell of a player and a hell of a kid. And I wish it'd be the Texans, but you can't have he'd be the starter and Damian Pierce would be number two. You don't want that. They just got too many other needs. So I don't think there's any way B. John Robinson is going there. I think a team like Buffalo that has got everything oh, you want yeah. in the running game. Buffalo could trade up and get him because he'd be the missing link. There's a couple mm-hmm. other teams like that. And I'm doing a column on him on Saturday, and I can't wait to see where he goes because he's so talented. Um, what What's the earliest you would think about running back for the Texans? Let's pretend that they don't move around in the draft at all. They, they, they Where they are picking right now, where's the earliest you would think about a running back? Fourth round. So you wouldn't do one on day one or day two? Like even if no. Jameer Gibbs were there, yeah, okay, so – no, not Gibbs is one of those guys going to have to play a lot. They don't need a guy that's going to do 50-50. They need a guy that's going to be like 70-30. And uh, even though everybody's saying Gibbs is Alvin Kamara, they got too many other needs. And they got Pierce in the fourth round. You can find backs. They got too many other needs. They that This guy's not going to be a starter. They yeah. need to get starters with those early picks. What do you think? This is a follow-up question from JR. Um, he heard Andre Ware talking about doing this, taking a QB at number two and then taking one on day three as well. Uh, no. I think they're going to – then you'd have uh, – You'd have one of them on the practice squad the day three, and you could lose him when they have to expose him to waivers. No, I think you'll have the top guy, you'll have Davis Mills, and then you'll have a third guy. And remember, they may change the rule because of what happened to the Niners when they didn't have a quarterback because of injuries. The old rule that used to be you have a quarterback dressed, he can play when the first two get hurt. I don't know why they got away from that. And I don't know why they don't do it to avoid a situation like that. But, no, I don't want to see them draft two quarterbacks. If you draft one, you know, overall, you don't need that other guy. All right, last one from Wale, and he says, uh, Greetings, y'all. Thank you for the content you're giving us listeners. It was unfortunate Andre Johnson did make the Hall of Fame. I think Joe Thomas was the only offensive player to make it in this class. Is that accurate, John? Was he the only? Uh, I've got a question here from Wale, but is that accurate? I think it was – was it four defensive guys and Joe Thomas this time? I think it was. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, he says, what can the general share about their thought process within the committee? Does it mean that maybe next year we'll have more receivers? Multiple DBs made it in also this year. Um, um, so- I don't think I don't think so. I think that uh, of the three receivers, Andre, Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt, I think one would go in at a time. The problem is the committee can't decide which one, so it's a log jam. There's stories out there being done by people on the committee about who, in fact, I haven't looked at one. I saved and tweeted today about uh, they talked to some experts about which one of these three deserves to go first, and uh, I saved another one. From earlier, and I can't. Oh, it was Rondy Barber. They asked him, "Who do you think?" And Rondy Barber said, "Andre Johnson." And I uh, sent that to Andre, and I got to check this one out because I hope he's number one too, because I can use all that when I'm making the presentation next how, year. How persuasive is that, John? When you've got current Hall of Famers saying that, like citing by name, 
guys that they went against, especially when it's a, it's really like a head to head to head debate going on with those three receivers right now. How, how much influence or sway, how strong is adding something like that to a presentation like you have? We'll already make presentations with uh, recommendations and endorsements from great players. So it doesn't have anything where anybody thought Andre didn't deserve it. They just thought they all deserved it. Too many of them right now. Yeah, there's too many of them. And we've had that before. One time with Tim Brown, Chris Carter, and Andre Reed, and finally it was broken when we had Swan and Stallworth. That went on for years. Hmm. Finally it was broken. I hope this one doesn't go on for years. Yeah. Uh, all right, John, what do you got going on on your various platforms? What's happening the rest of this week at the Combine? Gallerysports.com. I'm, I've got a column about D'Amico Ryans. Then um, I've got next week, I've got a bunch of Astros columns left over, and I'm going to have – Columns left over from Casario and Ryan's on different subjects. And then I'm going to be writing about the defensive lineman that they could take. And Carter puts a crimp in it, although I'm going to say what we talked about. If he dropped, if his stock falls, could they get him at 12? I'm going to do one on B. John Robinson. And then I'll do one on the quarterbacks, the top three guys. I volunteered to transcribe Will Levis because I've never heard him talk. And so I'm interested to see what he sounds like and then, of course, to watch those guys throw because they should put on a show considering the circumstances here. And then I'll write one about the Texans and and the uh, Texans and the Combine for SportsRadio610.com. Good deal. There it is. You can get John McClain at all those spots. And we appreciate everybody for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. If you don't subscribe, you're just listening maybe for the first time. If you listen to the last few, just hit the subscribe button. And you'll get it automatically wherever you listen to your podcast. If you want to send in a mailbag question to get read in the next mailbag episode, we do one each week. HOUmailbag at gmail.com gets that job done as well. We are live in West Palm Beach, Florida at Astros Spring Training. So we appreciate uh, everybody tuning into Sports Radio 610 all week long. Seth and I will be here uh, for the rest of the week. Thursday and Friday, we're doing shows from here. We're going to all the games And uh, Adam Spillane's doing a great job of keeping everybody up to speed on things going on in the clubhouse and with Dusty Baker. And he's been a great resource with us here as well. Big thanks to Shapa's Shapa's John Deere for bringing us here, of course. And John is in Indy for the rest of how long, John? When do do you come back from Indy? I'll be back on Sunday. Okay. So you'll be there for, you'll be there for all the good stuff. So uh, looking forward to all of John's coverage on sportsradio610.com, gallerysports.com, of course, Twitter as well, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. I'm at Sean T. Pendergast. He is John McCall. Oh, big thanks to Figgy Fig as well for getting the podcast out to all of you. Couldn't do, it without, couldn't do it without Figgy Fig, so we thank him as well. For John McLean, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you next week. Barring something drastic, we'll do a bonus episode if something crazy happens, um, but we'll see you uh, in all likelihood next week here on the Utopia Podcast. Have a great week, a great weekend. Enjoy the Strohs. Enjoy the Combine. Take care, everybody.